Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Austin Green. I'm Shauna Burgess. And I'm Randy Spelling. And you are listening to Oldish, an iHeartRadio podcast. Well, hey there, Randy. Hey, Sharna. What's going on? We're back. We are back. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Oldish. You have Randy and I today and a special guest, of course, that's coming on to chat with us. Randy, how was your week? Oh, how was my week? My week has been fast and furious, it feels like. Wow, exciting. Okay, little Vin Diesel yeah. style. What does that mean? <laughs> on the tales of Halloween, my youngest daughter is doing soccer right now, and it's supposed to end in October, but she signed up for this tournament. So it's been a lot of soccer and driving around, just a lot of kids stuff, I think, coming up before the holidays. What about you? How has it been with Brian out of town? What do you mean? It's chaos. That's all I have for you. Um, it uh, actually, I got to a point of overwhelm. Um, it was well, yesterday. I finally had a day where I had had help here with me at the house. The kids were all taken care of. Kids were at school. Someone was with Zane. Everything was sort of done that needed to be done. And I, I sat the entire day on the floor doing a puzzle. And then at night, I read a book that would had finally released. It's the second book in a series I've been reading. And it was glorious because I so needed that space. And my mom actually asked me yesterday um, as I was sitting on the floor doing my puzzle, not engaging with anyone. She's like, are you okay? <laughs> and I looked and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I just needed space for a second. I needed silence. I had the music turned off in the house even because we normally always have music going mm-hmm. because I was just feeling so... Um, overstimulated and filled to the brim of all the things of responsibility, feeling touched out, feeling, you know, I was stressed with all the other things behind the scenes going on in life, in my head. And I just needed silence and I needed something to still my mind. And for me, that is a puzzle. Uh, and I had that day and it was very refreshing for me, but it, it had been tough. Zane had two molars crack through who knew that that was going to be the, like the worst experience of my time with him so far I couldn't tell what was wrong with him because we've had he's been teething obviously he's got eight other teeth and none of them were like that and a few Camila drops whatever we're fine nothing crazy 
nothing like this, but he was rolling around on the floor, inconsolable. And then it took me, unfortunately, like way too long for me to realize this has to be teething because there was no drooling, no typical signs of it. And I finally gave in and I, I finally realized, I was like, oh my God, I need to give him some pain medicine for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did. And within 10 minutes, he finally settled in my arms. And as he fell asleep in my arms, I just cried because it got, Randy got so bad that I couldn't I even hold on to him. I had to put him in the crib because he was viciously trying to bite me and scratch me. And not because he was trying to hurt me because he was just clenching so hard. And I was in tears, like sitting on the other side of the crib, looking at him just trying to like understand and going through all these things of like, he's having an aneurysm. Like I, I didn't, my brain was going in all the most oh, dramatic, no, crazy directions of something's wrong with my child before it hit bloody teething. It's, it was so simple and it was right there. So then I got hit with mom guilt about not figuring it out quick enough. I so empathize with you because my oldest daughter would have the same thing where she would get into these fits where she was inconsolable. There was nothing that we could do. So I would sit there and she would be rolling around on the kitchen floor, screaming and wailing. And, you know, my heart's beating, my adrenaline's going, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. But I just had to sit there and sort of hold space. Right. I love you. I'm here. I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you, but I, I can't do anything for you. Yeah. And it's such a hard place so to be. It takes a, it takes a while to recuperate from that. Your nervous system gets really oh, yeah. heightened, doesn't it? I was shot after that. And Bri being away, naturally the balance in the home has to resettle for a day or two because he's also a very big part of the energy in this home. Even mm-hmm. the dogs are like, oh, so we can, you know, what's going on? Where is everyone? Where's daddy at? You know what I mean? It, it feels like it's a little chaotic until we settle. So it was like you said, a perfect storm of all the things and all the all the other things not mentioned, and then not having Bri here is just a lot. So, but again, my my puzzle day yesterday. You had your puzzle. You had a fantasy day. book. <laughs> is that I not an oldest thing or what? Oh yeah, it was I understand book. now. You're a big oh, fantasy yeah. fan. This one is a dragons one. So it's it was wildly popular. The first book was called Fourth Wing, and the second one, Iron Flame, dropped yesterday. And uh, that is pretty, pretty awesome. I'm so far only like 300 pages into it, but it's really good. How how into <laughs> fantasy are you? Do you do the whole, I didn't know that cosplay, I think that's how you say it, is a thing until we went to the Renaissance Festival this summer. I had no idea what type of world I was stepping into. You know, that's a whole other world for me too. <laughs> I get lost in books. Um, but the idea of it is really cool. I'd love to experience it once because why not? And I do get so caught up in these characters and love them and these stories that are magical and fantastic. But I've never been to a Renaissance fair. I've never done cosplay. I do think I may try and convince Bri to dress up as two of my favorite characters from another series called Akatar, <laughs> A Court of Thorns and Roses next year. But we'll see. I'll let you know if you'll wear elf ears. Probably not. <laughs> I'm curious what you want Brian to do with elf ears. Maybe that is a different conversation, but like. Just wear them. And then he has all these, he'd have to have all these really cool tattoos. I'd make him this character called Reese and I'd be Feyre. But anyway, this is, we're probably losing a lot of our audience right now. Who knows if anyone's into this but me.
It's almost here. The NYX Anniversary Sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX Anniversary Sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Well, besides the fantasy, we have something very real we for do. you today, uh, a special guest. And Sharna, I will let you intro him. So he is an incredible human, and many of you will most likely know him. He's lived a very full and amazing life. You may know him from radio. You may know him from television. You may know him as a champion from Dancing with the Stars. He's the one that I won the mirror ball with, Mr. Bobby Bones. Bobby 
It is so good to see your face and to hear your voice. It really has been a hot minute since we caught up. Thank you for hanging with us today. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for talking with me. You know, when I saw you guys in Vegas, it was super quick, but I, and I hadn't met Brian at all. No, and I hadn't met Caitlin. Yeah, and we had only talked about them to each yeah. other a ton. So it was, it was it was super cool. Yeah, he's pretty good looking in person. Like who, you know, you see him on- <laughs> Who knew? On, yeah, on, on Instagram, but- you see everybody on Instagram. Yeah, he's pretty good looking, pretty tall in person. So yeah, um, I lucked out. Yeah, good job. I'm gonna say I do. Yeah, I lucked out. How much life has changed since we did the season with each other? Both talking about you know what we wanted for the future and things, and I can't believe that in just what year was that that we won? Was it 18 or 19? 18, right? Probably 18. I mean, 18? yeah, I met, I met my wife because of that show. That's you know? right. So I forgot because yeah. she was in the audience, right? Well, so she was friends with the person who did PR there. They're both from Oklahoma. And she That's came with her because me. she had to fill a seat because someone didn't show up. She had never been to the show. Um, and I came back after we had won the first episode of that next year. And that's when I met her for the first time. Yeah. So, I mean, so all, cool. all of this is because of that show. It's so cool. So much came from that for you. And that's really exciting. I know everyone is going to want us to talk about probably Dancing with the Stars the whole time, but I feel like you have such an amazing story, which I want to get to. And I feel like you've shared it as well, but I have so many questions that I want to ask you about how you became you and the things that you got through. But before we get to that, and I know Randy's got a bunch too, but before we get to that, there is a couple that reminds me on the show. Have you watched this season, by the way? I've watched uh, the, all the clips. I watch all the dances, but sometimes I get irritated because, like, when they didn't invite you up, I got pretty pissed, and yeah. so I'd, I'd have to like not watch the show. Show, but I do want to watch and so. So yes and, support. and no. It's yeah. a yes and no. I I I totally get you. There is a couple whose journey right now reminds me a little bit of ours. His name's Harry. Uh, he's dancing with a, a girl, Riley. And they've made it pretty far. They're in week seven. And there's a lot of people saying they shouldn't be there anymore. But he's a huge fan favorite. And I imagine he's getting a ton of votes. If there was anything that, because we experienced this, right? This journey of a, not a I mean, majority of people because they voted for us. We won. But there was a lot of people online. There was a lot of people that would say, you guys shouldn't be here. They should be gone. Other people should be staying. If you could have one piece of advice for Harry and Riley and their journey in these upcoming weeks, probably going to make the final and do a freestyle, what would it be? That, that's, that's, not, that's not real life. It's just like the internet. You know, People are screaming all the time about every, everything uh, in every negative way, but that's not real life. The internet's not real. Twitter's not real. That's not a fair reflection of what people are doing or saying. And I would mm. say this just, just generally, even about people that get um, upset about comments on the internet or people saying things, uh, it's, it's not real life. It's the loud people that want to be heard that sadly aren't heard in their real life and are looking for another way to express themselves. Uh, and yeah, their story's great. Isn't she the younger sister? Yeah, of, of Lindsay. Of Lindsay, yeah. 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 And, and she's doing and, great. And I would just say, keep your head down, don't read stuff. Where, where I got into trouble a little bit was just reading stuff, even though I knew I shouldn't. And I've done a pretty good job through my career of kind of staying away from uh, bad neighborhoods, meaning the internet and places where it's just not gonna be good regardless. Right. You know, and, and I try to, I keep sugar out of my refrigerator because I know I'm going to eat it all. And I try not to go into the comments section because I know I'll read it all. Yeah, and such a it's great just analogy. Not good. <laughs> right. It's just knowing what my weaknesses are and trying to do the best job I can at putting me in a place so I don't fail as often. Uh, and just don't read the comments. That's what I would say. Have fun. Don't read the comments. And that's not real life. And 
I just kill it. I, I it, was, it was awesome. Like that experience for me, as hard as it was for us because we traveled a lot, we yeah. flew back and forth a lot, uh, you know, from east to west, and um, I did the radio show and trained. It, it that was one of the most intense uh, growths I think I've ever had, and yeah. not because of the dance part, but just I had to mature. We had to mature. And if we didn't, we'd be lost. It was kind of mm -hmm. a metaphor for life in a lot of ways. And and we did. We figured it out. It was awesome. We figured it out, man. I, you know what I, I loved about, and I love when I think back on our season, and I shared this with Randy earlier, you have this um, incredible, had this incredible way of looking at it and going, okay, so I'm not the strongest dancer but I know I'm really strong at these things. I know these things are my strength. And these these tools would other, otherwise not be useful in a dance competition, but you found a way to bring your strengths, regardless of what category they fit into, into this space of a dance competition and make it work for you. And I think that that is such an admirable trait because so many people would look at that and be like, I got no business doing this. I'm not a dancer. Look at the other people next to me and just allow that to go on and allow that to move forward. Yeah, I, I think I was given some good advice. Uh, one of well, the guys that I worked with for a while was uh, Deion Sanders. We did a, a, a talk show. It was started off as a pilot. We worked together for a long time. We developed a pilot. We went to pilot. We spent like four months together, uh, eight hours a day, four days a week. And so spending a lot of time with him, he's now the, you know, the coach of the Colorado football team, but he was uh, a Hall of Fame defensive back. Like He's like that dude. And he was always like, Dude, why would you want to go anywhere that you're just not celebrated? He goes, and not just places you go, but like things you do. And what I remember thinking was, I'm going to respect this because it's hard work and what you do. You're a pro athlete. It was like I was training with a pro athlete. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to differentiate myself? It wasn't by doing what everybody else is doing. So I'm going to go where I'm celebrated, which is connection with people. Mm. So it was, I'm going to train as hard as I possibly can. And I'm going to use the skills that I have in order to um, hopefully continue to slowly get better. And I think that's what happened. I just did what I was good at while trying to get better at things that I wasn't. Hopefully people knew I was respecting the process and I just went where I was celebrated. And that's places on that show that, that I felt like people would like me instead of I just sucking at dance. I tried to highlight what I was actually good at. Mm -hmm. You really did. It was very, it's, it's a very, very cool approach that I think hadn't been explored before on Dancing with the Stars. And I think it was really fresh for people to see that. In they a, changed in the rules. Competing. You do. Remember, they, they changed the rules after we, we won. They did. Like, really? we never, what did they change it to? They brought in this judges save because yeah. we were so far ahead with votes that it was, you know, from what we were told later down the line was we could have gotten fives and sixes the whole time and and still won. The voting was was that crazy, was that intense. We didn't know that at the time, did we? I we mean, didn't we were, know that at the time. No, no, no. This was after the fact, well we after were the fact. Grinding. I mean, mm -hmm. the great thing about Sharna was it didn't matter how hard that I wanted to work. Like she was there every i mean she was there before i would get there because i would be coming from one work to the other and it was hard but she was always there and i knew that as exhausted as i was that i would have somebody and as much of a leader as i feel like i am sometimes you can't always be a leader you have to sometimes you have to rely on people to get you to great places and that's what sharna was it was 
show up. Let's let's train way. We train way more than when we're supposed to because sometimes we go oh, yeah. train by ourselves. Yeah. And so you know, I'd go rent a studio by myself, and she mm -hmm. would send me videos. But mm -hmm. she would go send me these videos and and do all this extra work by herself to help me. And that was uh, again, I had so much growth during that that show and that season because it wasn't about dance. It was about uh, learning, adjusting, pivoting, um, figuring something out on the go and something that you weren't good at. And we were never actually, we, me, but we were never actually good at dancing. We were good at connecting. Mm -hmm. You were mm -hmm. great at dancing. I was holding on for dear life, but I wasn't scared to show that. Yeah. And that's why we won that show. There's no doubt about it. No, yeah, 100%, no doubt about it. I think it's interesting what you're saying because for a lot of people, I think they would be in that position and get really discouraged or find a place where they know they're not a, such a strong dancer and maybe feel defeated. But it sounds like you found your strength and knew how to connect and just went and doubled down on that and mm -hmm. then worked really hard in all the other areas. I feel like I, I was discouraged a lot. I don't want it to feel like I was some sort of superhuman because I was scared and I was clueless and I was discouraged. However, in survival, man, you can be discouraged all you want. You still got to survive. And if you have somebody that you can lean on, which was Sharna, and what made our relationship so real was we had great times. We also fought. Mm -hmm. And so and that's it wasn't just surface and that's what you do with people that you're super close to you have real life moments and interactions and you have you you hug each other and you fight with each other um but you grow because of that like even when you grow physically it hurts a little bit you know when mm -hmm. you're 12 13 14 years old it hurts in that stage of your life you don't yeah. grow without some sort of pain and even with us in that like we got better because we went through really hard things relatively speaking as someone would be on on a dance show but yeah it was just figuring it out as we went and never putting the pressure on myself to uh, have to run mile 25 of the marathon when i'm at mile three right yeah mm -hmm. you were really good at focusing in on that and uh i really appreciated your approach to it and i have to say that bobby you are still to this day i think the hardest worker that i've had on that show and I've had athletes of all kinds and all sorts, but there is no one that could outrun you in how many, how much time you put into it, how much thought you put into it, the effort, the literal sweat and blood that went into it um, and probably tears, you know, there, it was, it was intense, but I was so very, very proud of you and grateful for you and, and still am to this day with, with that journey and, and what I watched you put forward. And I, I think that's what I want. I, if there's anything I would want people to know, it's to know it wasn't that it was just votes. It was that you worked your damn ass off to be there every single week. And yeah, I wanted to respect factor. you. Yeah. wanted to respect your craft. But again, I had to do it in ways. And it also sounded like with your accent, you said I was the hottest worker. So I'll take that too. <laughs> I don't know if you said hottest or hardest, but well, both are awesome. Well, if I do remember, didn't you have yes. multiple shirts every, every rehearsal? Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> According to Sharna, all you need are little elf ears in some sort of fantasy book and you're good to go. <laughs> I am a fantasy book fan. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. 
Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Do you have, before I tell you mine and we get into it, do you have a favorite moment of your time on the show? Yeah, it would be one of those moments, though, that at the time it wasn't my favorite moment. It would be like a time because, again, we traveled a lot. I think one of the times that I look back and I'm very thankful for are when we would be so exhausted. We'd travel four or five hours. We would get here to Nashville for like two days. We'd fight like crazy because we're both just tired. And after we would fight and then work and then be good again, you felt even better as a unit, Yeah. You know, much like a relationship. Sometimes you have to go through hard crap in order to even understand that you are a unit that'll get through hard crap. Um, so those moments, like one specifically here, I, I, I think back and I was like, man, I'm so happy because we like a uh, Mitchell Tenpenny, who's a friend of mine, who's a singer was here and you guys came up to I the studio was that whole round. Was huge. Yeah. When, yeah. Amazing. It was super fun for me, but I, I think those, those moments, it didn't feel good right in the moment. It's almost like uh, working out or, you know, nobody likes to run, but you do it because of the delayed gratification. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the work that we did was delayed gratification. Also, when I got in trouble and you were, you were so mad at me, you wanted to kill me when I started doing the floss, the, the floss and like our second. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you wanted to kill me. You wouldn't even talk to me in, in the interview line. And I, was I yeah, so and I would have been pissed too. I really, I would have killed me. But, you know, I, I broke and started doing something a little off, not because I had planned to do it, but because I was not doing what I thought was super effective. 
And so I wanted to save it. And in the end, maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. But when you ask that question, because you didn't tell me what you're going to ask, that's what I think about are all the tough times that we went through in order to have the best times. Mm-hmm. You know, that moment for me too, like when, when you look back at things, um, hindsight is such a beautiful thing. It was also a moment of growth for me because I had for so many years had this way of doing things and this way to train someone, do a performance and the way the show worked and the way you are at the judges table, you have this idea, right? This recipe almost. And you, you changed all the ingredients in that recipe. No ingredients (laughs) were the same of what I did. And it was, I had to surrender to, to that process. And it was a moment of growth for me too, to go, okay, it's not a choice that I would have made, but oh my God, was it the best choice that you could have made for us in that moment? Because it was you instead of me trying to fit you into a box of let's be a dancing with the stars, uh, you know, a couple, you're like, I just, I'm going to be Bobby on this show. And I understood maybe not at the time as much as I should have, but definitely now that is how we won. Because you brought you, you allowed yourself the opportunity to be yourself in every given moment. And I know that it was never a disrespect to me in that. It was your deep want to do well and to bring your strengths to it. So I, at the time, didn't understand how much of a beautiful thing that was, but I truly do get it now. My wife sent me this. um, So we did this thing last night. I just grabbed my phone. She said, take this test. And it is a test that was, it's called Outgrow. Uh, Mike Foster, he is like a life coach and we're big mental health, not only advocates, but we go to couples uh, therapy together. We go to therapy mm-hmm. individually. For me, I didn't know anything about therapy until I got to my 20s because uh, in Arkansas, you don't really have therapy. You try to eat, you know, especially where I come from. So, you know, that, but I love it. I didn't know I needed it until I realized what I didn't have, which was at right. times really good mental health. So she sent me this thing. She goes, hey, take this test. She said, it takes about four minutes. And you take this test, you answer all these questions. And so I fill it out and, and my result is, am I good enough? And the core need is to be valued and affirmed for who they are. The core fear is being seen as flawed or imperfect and kryptonite is unfair criticism. And, you know, that's a driver and it can be super healthy, but at the same time, it can also not. And yeah. I never quite, and when you say the nice things that you said about me, I never quite walk it just right but mm-hmm. it is because I'm aware of it and because of the work I put in, I always know I'm looking for it even if I can't find it. And that was a big part of, of that show as well was just trying to prove to myself and to everybody else that I kind of belonged there, mm-hmm. a place where I didn't really, that's, I don't feel like I belong in LA, much less on a show with professional dancers. So that was a big part of, I think our success was me just being scared as crap. And being open about that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you're trembling, you pretty much have to say, I'm scared. (laughs) Oh, I was so, I just had a flashback of a moment. And then I'll tell you my favorite moment. Remember after our first dance where you fist pumped? Not only did you fall, I'm pretty sure. I wiped out, yeah. Yeah. You fist pumped so hard at the end that I think my dress almost came off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We almost saw Sharna's nipple. I tore my shoulder. It still hurts. I had to go to the the, the Tennessee Titans NFL doctor to get cleared. Oh, my gosh. It was, I ran into the crowd. I fell. It was all on the, the camera lost me at one point, it did. but I was so excited because I'd never danced and we worked yeah. and worked like everybody did. Everybody worked Getting hard. Getting that first dance down. Yeah. It but it hard. never got it until the freaking show happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we did it, I was so excited that I forgot those shoes are slick. And then I wiped out and then all hell broke loose. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it worked. It worked it, somehow. It, it worked. It's almost here. The Nix anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Nix's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G dot com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. So one of my favorite moments on the show, and it's my favorite moment that they do now again on this season is most memorable year. And that was where, you know, we talked a lot. We got to know each other a lot and we we got close pretty quick because we had to spend a lot of time with each other. But you shared your story with me of you growing up as a kid. You didn't really have a bedroom. You used to dive into books to try and you knew that being smart was kind of your way out. Uh, and you didn't know where you were headed necessarily, but you knew you wanted to get out. And I really, I saw this glimpse of you as a little boy and it, it also made you make sense in, in some way too. But I want to, I want to dive back into that space with you because I think so many people feel like 
you dealt the cards that you have, right? And they go, well, it's all good and well for you because someone came along and you have this or or you have this skill and so you ended up being famous or now you've got money because. Right, they see your success and they think that it's easy, that it's come easy, that it's natural. And so that they compare themselves and go, well, it's easy because you have that, you have four shows, you're in, you know, the youngest person in the country hall of fame, like all these things, but you didn't start that way. Yeah. Exactly. It didn't start that way. And no no one gave it to you. You have fought for every single thing that you have and that you've built. So what is it about you or what approach did you have that kept you going with that? How did you know this fail until you don't, you know, your second book that you wrote? How did you know that you just needed to keep going forward or what made you keep going forward? Just uh, again, what we talked about earlier was survival a bit. I mean, survival will make you do crazy things. And I think I developed a lot of even my work ethic through just fear and survival, which again can be an awesome tool, but too much of it can be extremely unhealthy. And that I didn't know. That's the mental health part that I was talking about because I was just loaded with it. I have to survive. Um, You know, I grew up in my mom got pregnant at 15 with me. Uh, My biological dad was 17. He left. I didn't know him after I was five or six years old. And so my mom was an addict her whole life. She ended up dying in her 40s. Uh, my grandmother raised me for a lot of it. But yeah, I never had a bedroom. And I didn't really know I was that poor until I wasn't around other poor people. You know, when right. you're kind of all poor together, it's just normal. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I started to kind of realize at like 15 or 16, oh, hey, wait, I got to, th- there are things I can do to get out of here. But I'd already been a crazy book nerd because I felt like I wanted to go to college and be the first person to go to college of my whole family. Nobody even graduated high school from my family, but I felt like that I could do. But that I just consumed myself in that and consumed myself in no plan B, not because you know I was tough or strong, but because I, I really, there wasn't an option for plan B unless that was just to stay back and I wasn't gonna let that happen. You know, I had big dreams. The weird thing was nobody had the dreams that I had and I, can't, I feel bad for people from where I come from because we weren't told we could do stuff, cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody, and they, people did not tell us, people didn't hide it from us, but n- n- everybody worked at the sawmill. And so it wasn't that people were like, you can't do it. It was just on TV and you didn't do stuff on TV. I mean, Friends was in New York. I never thought I'd go to New York. Uh, mm-hmm. Full House was in San Francisco. Like those, that's how I knew places were these TV shows, but they never seemed like real places. But I had to get out first from Mountain Pine and then that was with a college degree, I felt. And then I just wanted to get into radio. And I felt like if you just gave me, I mean, just a, a claw into the ground, I could climb the whole mountain as long as I just took one step at a time. Um, and then, I, you know, I had big goals, but I did it pretty slow and meticulously, I felt. And I just slowly made progress. So um, there isn't any sort of story of like, this is how you should do it. I wish there was. I would be, I mean, I already am kind of rich, which is cool, but I'd be like super rich. And there, there isn't, there's no, you know, straight line, straight way to have success. I don't have the way. All I did was show up over and over again on time, have a good work ethic and constantly strategize and take risks, but not gambles. You know, a a gamble is a lot bigger than a risk. Sometimes gambles are stupid. You can miss a risk. I missed a few risks, but it's just the consistency, man. That's, that's what it was. It was fear of being what I didn't want to be, which was someone who left their kid, my mom or my biological dad. And I just wanted to be what I didn't have, which was consistent. And I think that's kind of what puts me here now and what keeps me going even now. Consistency. I love that. Yeah. 
Bobby, how much of a driver was the pain that you experienced in your life looking back on it now? I used to be pretty resentful. I'm really not anymore because now I feel like I have this really cool tool belt of empathy that you don't get unless you go through it. You know, earlier I was talking about growth. Something you don't you don't grow unless it hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, you don't have a callus on your hand that doesn't hurt anymore when you play guitar unless you play guitar while your hand hurts. And so that was there, but I've almost been able to squeeze it from not my memories, but like how I feel about it. And and now I'm just grateful that I was able to have it happen, get through it and talk and work with other folks that are dealing with that or similar instances. Empathy is a really cool thing. Um, I'm glad I have it in some way. In some ways I don't, but when it comes to situations like mine, I'm very fortunate because you don't have perspective without going through some real, real stuff. Um, so there was pain for sure. I think I have a little bit of recency bias and that the pain is, is, is gone today about what happened 20, 25, 30 years ago. Now the dad stuff and the mom stuff, that's a bit different, but just like the struggle, just the being poor, the, the not being able to eat all that. Like, I'm kind of glad it happened now because I got through it. It may be a different story if I hadn't, or if I was in another situation, but yeah, it sucked, but I'm just very lucky that I get to use it now as a good instead of something that I'm always complaining about. I love that you have been able to move forward with all of that. You said the dad and the mom stuff is different. How does that show up for you now, the dad and the mom stuff? I think it shows up for my wife a lot, especially in ways that I don't even understand is showing up for me because I was just by myself for so long. Mm, but in relationship, it shows for up more. sure. Oh, yeah. man. I would never want to be married to me. I mean, it because <laughs> I don't even realize some of the stuff that I do that's just based in based on off trauma. And what is something that you're surprised by that she was able to reflect and you had no idea? It's a lot of abandonment stuff where we will get into a disagreement or we'll level up and get into a fight, and she will have the maturity to go, okay, I know why you're why you think this. And even though I don't, and I don't fully understand why you're acting this way, I, I can see your perspective based on, and then she will walk herself through that. And she's been so great about it. And then I just feel like a moron because she's right. She doesn't tell me, she doesn't preach to me, but it's a lot of abandonment issues, especially I would always think she would leave. I mean, mm. that was always a big deal with us early on. Um, it was, okay, well, I guess we got in a fight. So you're going to, you're going to probably leave now. I was just thinking, even without saying it, I would just start to shut down and act like it because of, if you really go back, my real dad left, my mom left a bunch and came back and never knew there was no consistency whatsoever. So I just expected inconsistency with her. And I think for her, that's like those simple things have been the hardest for me to understand that they were going to be there because they never were, but then later in life, they never were because I never allowed them to because I was so scared that they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that people have been abandoning me my whole life. I think that there was a lot of abandonment early. So I was like, screw this. I got a hard shell up and nobody's going to abandon me again because I'm not going through that again. Yeah. But as you know, you want to grow, it's going to hurt. And I just wouldn't allow the hurt. So 
in in relationships i i am like 11 12 years old i feel like sometimes because I, there's been not a lot of development because i didn't allow it but she's been great in that in that area she sounds like a uh, an incredible partner for you i remember you sharing so talking about that risk and and um the fear of abandonment and not letting the hurt in i remember you sharing with me during our season on the show that you had never told anyone that you love them and i imagine that you do share that with caitlin now what made you or what about her and this time in your life cut through all of those walls and allowed you to go i love this person i'm going to risk the hurt yeah i haven't thought about that in a long time so yeah, no one ever told me they love me and I didn't tell anybody I loved ever. It just wasn't a thing that was said. Mm -hmm. So, and, and so even to family, it just wasn't said. Um, and I never in a relationship ever said that to a girl because I didn't, I just, I wouldn't even allow me to think about the possibility of it because I did not But with her and it wasn't some magic mushroom that I took, it was again, oh, man, it's, I mean, I say it ad nauseum, but it's just, she was so consistent that I started to trust that I could allow these feelings to happen. And so they did, and they were still uncomfortable to uh, vocalize. Uh, I'm okay with being uncomfortable. And I remember going, well, I can just keep on holding out. Or I also don't want to break a streak, right, for anything useless. So I was like, <laughs> if I tell her I love her and then we don't get married, I broke a streak for a dumb reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, then, you know, I kind of had to talk myself uh, out of that immature spiral a bit. And I thought, well, what if I don't tell her? And it's really one of the factors in us not being together because I couldn't express how I felt. So I just, there was no big draw up, no big lead in. I just said it. And then the bandaid was kind of ripped off because I felt it. And I kind of fought with myself where I know I felt it. But I was like, ah, probably, maybe I don't. But then it's it just kind of an under because I'd never felt it before. Never, I'd never felt it. It was so new. And it was just a, it's not some romantic book type thing where you're like, I am so in love. This is the one. For the first time ever, for me, it was, it just felt like it wasn't work. Now, marriage is Easy, a lot of work. Right. Yeah. Marriage, marriage is a lot of work. Yeah. But the dynamic did not feel like work. Right. And once I kind of separated the force from the trees with the dynamic, I said it and it was really weird. And now I say it all, I probably say it too much now. Oh, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. It's too much, man. We say it all the time, multiple times on every text and every phone call. I think it's uh, when you're in it and it's like that and you feel it and it, the, the ease of the dynamic, like you said, I felt the same thing with Bri. I was like, wow, this is really not complicated and life is very complicated our situation <laughs> with all the things very it's complicated hard. you're right everything we're not saying it's not hard mm -mm. because it is but but, that but the dynamic, dynamic yeah, uh -huh. yeah yeah it's worth fighting for because when it's right it feels so great mm, it's beautiful well, and it sounds that. like for you the consistency which is really safety i mean there is safety and consistency in someone consistently showing up day after day witnessing you when you're not your best when you're having a hard moment or when she sees you as the, you know, 11 year old Bobby showing up in relationship and she's still working through it with you. I think that starts to pull out bricks and tear down walls 
because it shows you instead of having this disorganized attachment where you never knew what you're going to get. And if you did say, I love you, who knows what would have even happened if that person wouldn't be there, which is so crushing to a kid. So to now be able to have someone who shows up consistently and safely where you could be safe enough to say that and not have something, you know, like a rejection or something horrible happen in return. Yeah. And we have met our match with each other. Our therapist talks about this to us too. It's the thing that's hardest for me is what I needed. Meaning she has a mom and a dad that love her and their relationship is, is awesome. I didn't understand that. It's like going to a foreign country. Like the first Christmas Eve I ever spent with people was with, with her family. Like they watch elf yeah. and have food and then sleep and then wake up and open gifts. And I'm like, what, what show is this? What? And it was really hard for me because uh, that's not the life I lived. I didn't understand it. I needed like Rosetta Stone family talk. I don't know, but I needed <laughs> something. And uh. so it was difficult, but that's, I almost feel like I needed somebody that was, that was so secure in that part of their life to actually give me a bit of security. And so mm -hmm. I think if I'd have met another version of me, first of all, it just would have never worked. Um, but second of all, I, I needed what she is so skilled at and what is so important to her, which is family, which at times though is very hard for us too, because I haven't just changed as a person. Like I'm gone a lot. I work probably too much. I, don't understand the 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 investment that a family needs at times because I didn't see it growing up. I don't have the model. So we do have those instances where it's just not good because I don't get it. And I get upset that she's upset with me, but I need that in order to grow. Um, so yeah, yeah, she I got it was just per it was perfect. She's perfect, except she's not. Nobody is, but she's perfect right. for me in order to grow because man, it's really hard sometimes. But if it wasn't, I just wouldn't be getting any better as a person. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. I love that she is, you know, bringing these things up for you, but also making you feel very safe and protected and creating and helping you understand family and family dynamics and what it means to have them. Do you think that you guys ever want to bring kids into the picture? Is that a conversation for you? Oh, two? yeah, it's definitely a conversation. I'm scared to death because I don't want to do what I had done to me. Mm. And I think that my, my, my brain goes, well, the fact that you're even worried about it says a lot it's mm -hmm. you're aware of it you know how do you fix something well first you got to be aware that something is broken or something um isn't exactly right but then like my gut is like man if he was able to leave how do i know that i won't just do that so i, I do have that internal struggle um and that those tend to fight with each other but she's been a really solid force we will have kids at some point she's not pregnant now but we have been talking about it and you know, I look forward to, what do I look forward to? Because I, mean, I look forward to making the baby, obviously, but you don't have to, but you don't have <laughs> Practice to. Practice is have, fun too, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, that, that is always good, but it's the part where there is no more talking about it or it just happens. Because if I'm, if I'm like, I don't know, should we, will we, I'll just sit in purgatory forever. Yeah, I get that. And all my friends, and I'm older than all my friends when they became first time parents and they're like, dude, there's never going to be a time where you're just like, this is exactly right. Let's mm -hmm. go for it. All signs never. point to go. Right. Yeah. But absolutely. still, and even though I know that I'm like, still, maybe there will be a time where it's better, but I would imagine the next year, year and a half, two years or so, um, we'll probably, she's 
11, almost 12 years younger than I am. So oh, that's the same as Brian and I. Yeah. So it, it's a little different than if we were both, you know, in our early forties. Um, but yeah, we do plan to have kids. I love that. It's, it's this and everyone will tell you their own thing, but it is the most incredible life altering experience and everything that you think you don't know, they turn up and suddenly, you know, some of it, you just mm -hmm. instinctually feel things because you love this body, this little human that is of you. And it is wild to watch them grow and you grow with them and you learn with them. And it, I think it's a, a really beautiful also healing experience for people that have parental trauma um, to see themselves and to see what they do and don't want to be. You have contrast now, right? You know what you don't want to be. You know what you don't want to give your kids um, and you'll do everything in your power to, to be the best version of a dad that you wish you had. And I'm really excited for you for the day that that happens. Thanks. And you bring up something super interesting that I've been thinking about. And I think I have to, I had to see it to kind of believe it. And so we have a couple dogs and we have Stanley, who's a bulldog who's had like 14 surgeries. And I had a friend who was like, we got bulldogs and this one's broken. Do you want them? And I was like, yes. But then we found a dog on this, uh, basically on the side of the road and we like took her in way too young, but we didn't know where her mom was. So even though it was too early to probably have her away from her mom, she didn't have her mom. So it was us or the street. So we took her. And she was never taught how to be a hound ever because she, mm. we don't, we don't live, you know, like where I grew up in Arkansas, where there's a lot of woods and you can go out and find animals. So she was never taught how to be a hound, but what is crazy? Cause she's like three now is we, we moved and we have this property now with some woods. She's instinctually genetically such a freaking hound and she will go and she will hunt and sniff and find squirrels and she will track them. No one taught her to do that. Mm -hmm. And when you said that about you, you have this inside of you and sometimes it takes it to happen to even understand it. And I know it's a dog, but little things like that, watching her know how to do something so well that she's never been taught that it was just in a, inside of her. In her the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Just gives me a little bit of hope that I won't screw the whole thing up. Mm. You won't. We, I mean, and at the same time, we all do. You know yeah, right. I mean? There is no perfect way to do it. You can't outrun the best and worst parts of our parents. I think there's something that it's it's a great thing to accept. This is just in me because it's what you were around. It's what is modeled. So not to completely push it away because you want to be aware of it. But the other thing is you were just saying earlier that part of what drove you was the fear of repeating what you lived early on. That driver, I imagine, would be the same for you with kids is you still have that experience, even though it's been a while, of the things that you don't want to do. You know now with empathy what you don't want to repeat so you can look at your child and feel what they're feeling enough so to make different choices. That's the hope. And that's, that's the hope, you know, and hope's never a good plan. So I hope, and then also I strategize a lot. And then when the ninth version of my strategy doesn't work, I, I go to the 10th and I feel like I'm going to do fine. My brain says I'm going to do fine. I'll be good. And it's going to be hard. Yeah. I want to talk to you, all the books that you read, all the strategies that you come up with and all that you, you know, imagine, and then actually having the child. <laughs> and then shortly after to see what you were prepared for and what shocked the hell out of you.
Yeah. I want to, I want to be a part of that conversation. Cause I tell you now of all the research I did and all the books I read and the whatever, it was completely different and it was perfect. <laughs> and you know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing happened the way I thought it was going to, you know, everything was different. And then I just decided to throw out the window of doing it like anyone else has done it, even if it's from the happiest baby book and just go with what my gut tells me my son needs. And 99% of the time I knew better than anyone else. I wonder at the same time, and I don't want to reveal anything um, I'm not supposed to reveal. So, but it's not like Charney, you had the best situation either with your parents. Oh no. I mean, and people know that, and it was very, very complicated. And we talked about stuff with my okay. dad. So I, and I'm sure that weighs with your decision-making and, um, and how you are a parent and even maybe your fears and your security issues with Brian, because mm -hmm. again, comparing him to your dad and, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, you're just not going to do it right, but it's your version of right. And it's like talking about the show. Like I didn't do it right, but I figured out how to do what I was good at and how to really focus in on the things that I, and then I took advice and help from people that were really consistent like you. Um, on the dance show, not with kids. I don't have, I don't have a baby yet, but I'll call you. But <laughs> you know, it's it it's again. It's a wonderful metaphor. Um, yeah. it, that show and um, with you, I mean, did are you constantly are you less consumed about your past and your past with parenting than you were before you had the baby? Um, I went through a lot of, uh, healing and stuff with my dad, especially in his passing. And there is, uh, I found myself in a space of, uh, gratitude, but there was a period of time where I was so sensitive when Zane was born that even if people told me he looked like my dad, oh yeah, I, I could lose it. I, I wanted none of my dad to be in with my child. And yeah. I, I would feel it on a, like my, my skin would get hot. It would, I would react on a nuclear level. And I had never had reactions like that about my, I had big feelings and trauma and lots I was dealing with, but about my, my baby, I was furious that people would assume that he looked like my dad. And then I, I worked through that and I, you know, I knew that I had so much more work and forgiveness to do. And now I truly am in a place of gratitude for the, the, the upbringing that I had with him because it, you know, very simple and, and whatever, but it made me who I am. It made me make better choices. I was making the wrong choices in relationships for a long time until I realized they were all like my dad. And so I went to therapy and I did the work to make better choices. And I ended up with an incredible human who is an amazing father and was one of the qualities that I first fell in love with him about was the way that he parents, the way that he loves his kids. And I knew that that was something that I wanted for the in the father of my child. And in getting to know him more, I realized he couldn't be further from my old patterns um, and, and the ease and the, you know, it was just a beautiful thing. But I do find with, even though I have a great relationship with my mom and a terrible relationship with my dad, there's programming from both. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's a positive or negative experience. There are things that we've even talked about on this podcast with my mom and her language about her own body, now raising young kids and realizing how much that negatively affected me. You know, it, we all, and that's what I'm saying, we all do it wrong at some point, that we can only do our best. And I think the idea of trying to do it right is too much pressure, but the idea of just doing your best and coming from a place of love at every given point is all we can do and always trying to like grow and understand with our kid, you know? Yeah. Consistency is always my word for me because 
if I'm just consistent in whatever I'm doing, like that's where I win. If mm -hmm. that's uh, literal in a relationship with my wife, and sometimes I'm not, I'm inconsistent, but I thrive and I do my best when I am consistent. And I feel like as a parent, that's going to be my impossible goal is to just be consistent. I'm never going to be right, but just be consistent because I didn't have that. But because I didn't have it, I, like I said, I, I, I acknowledge it and I understand it. So hopefully that makes me better at it. Right. I get that. I think having kids can be one of the greatest humblers in terms of the parenting that you had. Cause at first it seems like there's a giant highlighter and it just highlights all that you went through and all of what you had, what you didn't have, how you would do it differently. And there's a point of reconciliation where you're trying to figure out like, how could that person have acted like that or done that? I don't understand because of the way that I feel. But I think as time goes on, what I, what I find with people is that something eases, something is able to be let go of and healing happens the more that you are invested in your relationship with your children, you realize the shit is hard. Parenting is hard. Relationships are hard. Life at times can be really hard and challenging going through it in the best way that you can and showing up in the ways that you can being consistent and all the things that you're talking about can really bring a lot of healing to what you went through. I went today and I, I read and was with some, a bunch of four-year-olds at a school. And so I wrote a kid's book about my dog, but really it's about fitting in and why fitting is not the most important thing and all the traits that people make fun of you for are actually the coolest. Anyway, mm -hmm. I wrote this kid's book called Stanley the Dog. And so I go today and I'm with like 24-year-olds. I don't know what four-year-olds like. Taylor Swift, candy cigarettes, I don't know. And so- uh, Candied cigarettes. <laughs> Gotta hope they don't they Probably don't not anymore. those, yeah. hopefully. Well, like I said, I don't know. So I'm there and I'm, I'm reading the book to these kids and it's going great. And they're actually pretty well-mannered. And I'm like, wow, dang, four-year-olds are awesome. And so we get up and these two boys come over to me right after and they go, we, we know your middle name. And I was like, you do? They go, yeah, it's Butthole. And I was like- what? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, your middle name is probably butthole, isn't it? And I said, it, it is my real middle name. How'd you guys know that? I turned it on them. Yeah. And, and I took all, all those four-year-olds that did that to me my whole life. I took it out on those two kids and I said, you're the butthole. And then I pushed them down and spit <laughs> on them and left. No, I didn't do that, but they, um, I'm not around four-year-olds a whole lot. Right. What you guys talk about, you don't even know what these Listen, kids- Listen, Bubby, toddlers yeah. are dicks. That's all you need to know. Toddlers I was just like, well, I'm bigger them. than you kids and you guys are picking on me. I was, I was being bullied by four-year-olds in the classroom. Um, but I, I do look forward to it, but I'm also scared to death of it. And it's not, I mean, I really don't talk about it that often. I, and I probably wouldn't if I wasn't you know, comfortable with you guys. Um, and also it's kind of, I don't want my wife to feel like there's a pressure on her. She already feels this weird pressure that she didn't really sign up for, not just for pregnancy, but for, you know, people, she didn't want to be in the, in the eyeball of anybody, mm, America, yeah. Nashville. And so, you know, that gets to be a bit tough on her at times. How um, was that? Tell me more about that. Cause I'm, I know your fan base, they are incredibly loyal and, and they fight for you and they're amazing. Yeah. Uh, they're your ride or dies. And I imagine they would have been very protective of you when you have brought a woman into your world. Um, how did that go with Caitlin? I often say that I was lucky enough to 
grow like a baby with whatever version of notoriety I have. Meaning when it first started and it was small, I got to have it in small doses. And then it was a little bigger. I got to grow with it. So it never was a huge shock to me unless it was something that was like physically a threat where she was just dunked in it. And she's like, and also we started dating like six, seven months before COVID. Um, so the first couple years weren't normal mm. for anybody, including that part of my life. And so for her to, to go to dinner and have people record us on their phones, I don't even notice. But for her, she's like, I feel really uncomfortable. This table is recording a video um, of us eating. And I'm like, you know, and I have to go, that would be uncomfortable. That would be yeah. uncomfortable. Because at first I'd be like, who cares? But again, I've got to grow with that. She has not. And all of a sudden she's, you know, doing oil commodity, international sales, uh, getting her master's degree. And all of a sudden she's moving across the country and people are recording her when we're at Denny's. You know, yeah. it's a life just completely flipped for her. Um, so it, it's been tough for her, but she has, she's really uh, like learned a lot about herself. I've learned a lot about myself. And I think we've been through a lot of hard times. We had a whole stalker issue that got really bad, but I look back and I would not want it to happen again, but we've gotten so much from the hard stuff. And I mm. think even for me selfishly, a lot of the hard stuff when she didn't leave, has been great because we went through some pretty hard crap and she didn't run away and she easily could have, which shows me she's probably not going to run away. Even then I say, probably, I, even then I still like put I an see asterisk it, yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see that. You just throw in the probably in there. Um, I can imagine it must've been really hard for her. Like it's, it's a tough thing, you know, having a, suddenly so many eyes on you and attention, especially when you don't want it. Uh, so I yeah, think she, and she never wanted it and she's okay. She does okay with it now, but, I think for her, the thing that everybody was so mean about was they just assumed she wanted it. They were like, oh, look at this, you know. And she's mm -hmm. like, I, I don't, like, I don't know why they're saying this about me because I just, she didn't hate all of it at first, but it was when she would do a little bit, she, like she did uh, my Nat Geo or she did a Bear Girls with me once and I begged her to do it, begged her. And I happened to catch her on a therapy day when when the therapist was like, you're, you're taking all of the negative from what's happening with this, his position or whatever. Why don't you allow some of the positive to happen too? And so I got lucky to catch her after therapy. And I was like, come on, come do bear girls with me. I'm not going to do it. If you don't do it with me, it's my second time. And so she did it and it's on Disney plus. It's great. She's great. But I remember, you know, people being like, well, of course she did the show and, but they had no idea. I had to, I had to like beg her to do it. And they were taking it out on her, which I felt so guilty about. Like, I'm the one who put her up to it and yet they're attacking her for going on this show with me whenever she didn't want to do it to begin with. So mm. that's been hard, but it's also been good that I now understand her boundaries most of the time mm -hmm. and she knows mine and boundaries are very important in a healthy relationship. Very. Sometimes you feel like, yeah, boundaries mm -hmm. would be a bad thing, but man, if you can set and understand and appreciate someone's boundaries and they do yours that's about as healthy as it gets at least for us right now it has been a key to us being happy and somewhat healthy i love that how do you because this is a question we've actually had before um how did you and caitlin if you don't mind sharing come forward and set those boundaries with each other was this a conversation that you had with each other about these are my boundaries or you discovered them over time like how did you develop those 
mostly it would be me, uh, for lack of a better term, doing something wrong. Um, and she would be like, oh, I don't feel comfortable with this. So and openness I, and honesty about things that made you feel uncomfortable. She's as open and honest. We'll have every uncomfortable conversation. Uh, like she is so mature in a relationship and I am not. Um, so like I said, I'm very grateful that she has that. And it's difficult too, because it's such contrasting styles, um, where in conflict, I professional world, I have no fear of conflict. Mm. I have none. I am ready. I don't, I don't want it, but if it's there, great. Sometimes you, you can grow and get better from it. But in a relationship, like I do not want it. I just want to run and I'm a hot, run and hide and shut down where she is exactly the opposite. She didn't really want conflict at all when it comes to people. She's a people pleaser. She's a two on the Enneagram where I'm an eight. And, but when it comes to relationships, she will have a very difficult conversation immediately, straight up. And it is a bizarre change of events with us. And so, but again, I needed that. And she would just tell me. And I would get mad that she would tell me because I would think she was ridiculous. But then once I would calm down and I wouldn't react, I would respond then I could really see her perspective and understand. And now I do a much, much better job at it. Mm -hmm. That's very powerful. Very powerful to be able to have those uncomfortable conversations in the moment. Brian and I are really good communicators, but even for us, like sometimes it's, it's like, oh, shoot, do we bring it up now? No, later. Yeah. Yes. Are we sensitive to it? Like even we do a little dance with it every now and then on how to bring these uncomfortable situations up. Um, but I, I, I love that she brings that to your world. She sounds like exactly what you need. Yeah. She's what I need. So, sometimes it's not exactly what I want because it makes me uncomfortable, but that's, that's the good part about okay. it. Right. Yeah. If it were so comfortable all the time, there would be again, no growth, but that's, what's awesome about the relationship that I'm in, but it's all just different. I mean, the relationship that we had and ours wasn't a romantic relationship at all, but that was even on the show, like you're together for six, seven months every day, eight, nine, ten hours a day. You got to do those dances. three to four, but it feels like seven months. Hey, <laughs> totally. I mean, whatever. that is a relationship. Day, yeah. it's a. It's like we're doing a the same dances in a short amount of time. You know Absolutely. what I mean? It's it's one hundred percent. So you said um you said something earlier in our conversation, and uh, you were talking about it with Dancing with the Stars, but I imagine it's been something for you in life that you were just trying to prove to yourself and everyone else that you wanted to be that you belonged there. Do you feel like you're still proving things to other people or to yourself? Have you got anything left to prove? I am very, I was talking to, I had a guy over yesterday, we were doing an interview and we were talking about that. And I don't know that I'll ever feel like I've proved, proven everything or really anything. Um, but now I've tried to shift my mind where instead of proving people wrong, there have been a few people that believed in me and I try to really prove them right. And although I'm doing the same thing, me trying to prove someone right that believed in me is so much healthier for me than me being against the world mm. uh, because mm. that just puts me in a, a, a headspace, an angrier space, uh, a more, and I don't, I, that version of me, I need at times, but I would just rather feel like I'm, supported than hated or not yeah. supported. And so, yes, I'm never going to feel like I fit in. I'm never going to feel like I've made it. It doesn't matter. There's no number that I can have in a bank account. There's, however, now it's, uh, instead of I'll show those idiots, it's like, you know what, you know, who really believed in me in this? I freaking want to do it so I can prove them right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's th- that that shift. But also, I'm getting older, so I think that just comes with age as well. Like you start to understand some of this crap doesn't matter, and we invest a lot of our energy and a lot of our uh, a lot of ourself into stuff that is just that that does not matter whatsoever. Um, so you know, um, I'll never get it right, but I can always get a little more right. Something that you said hit me so, so hard. Instead of looking at all the people who have been judging you and criticizing you and working to prove them wrong, find someone that believes in you that you respect and try and prove them right. Right. That's the equation. Perfect. And it's the same thing. You're literally trying to do the same thing. But for me, I just need to be in a more positive space or I will, I will be super psychotic and angry. Mm -hmm. And yes. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like sleeping in that. And there have been people that have done that for me. What does that maintenance look like for you to not be in a negative headspace? Like what are the things that you do since it's so easy for you to go that way? What are the things that you do daily or weekly? What are your practices to stay in that positive headspace, to stay in that space of proving the people that love you right uh, instead of those that, you know, don't. What has been great for me is to not be so removed from what it used to be like for me, even in like I tour a lot, but I go to a lot of places and I hang out with a lot of people that that are that still live in places like I live. And perspective again is awesome; it's mm-hmm. the greatest. Um, but also, like I stretch. This is the lamest thing. Like I stretch in the morning. I've been stretching a lot, but stretching because I have one no flexibility. You may remember that. I but do two, remember. <laughs> um, it is. Again, it's painful and I feel like it's growth, but it's also, I can't be on my phone when I'm stretching. Like I have a goal when I'm stretching and I can almost meditate when I'm stretching. And so I spend 15 minutes a day, three times a day stretching and just trying to be present. And I think being present is Mm -hmm. such a great weapon when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to comparison when it comes to a lot of these unfair things we do to ourselves, just being present because mm-hmm. I'm never present unless I make it an absolute point to be present. I'm not naturally present. So I think right. for me, that's the headspace that I try to get in is how do I get myself present a few times a day? And then how do I, I'm never going to be great at it, but how do I just try to stay there because I owe it to myself and it's hard work for myself. Um, and I'm not afraid of work. It's annoying sometimes, but I've used stretching as the weird thing I'm trying to. Yeah, that's how I got there to Active be a bit meditation healthier. Meditation is a real thing. Yeah. Oh people, yeah, it's great training. Meditate. Yeah, it's amazing. Great training for kids is how to be present because with kids, all they want is your presence. They want mm-hmm. your attention. If you can get down on their level and be present with them, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. I feel like you guys are about to tell me I'm pregnant or something. All the kids are like, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> Bobby, you're the first well, man okay. to have a baby in your you womb." You are expecting. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. No. <laughs> Bobby, tell me something that excites you right now that's either happening in your life or about to happen, not a work-related thing. Oh, God dang. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say not a (laughs) work-related thing because I had like four (laughs) work-related things that popped in my mind immediately. And you can Um, say those too, but I want something that's not work. Well, I mean, it's awesome and it's really hard to be married. For me, especially because I was wired. I was almost 40 before I got married. So I'm a full grown adult that's been doing it my way. What's exciting for me is I can feel some of that. Yeah, you have a kite and you have all the string wrapped around that. that It's really tight. And I can feel some of that loosening up, like right near the bottom, right near the toilet paper roll. I can feel. Mm. 
And that's exciting to me because it wasn't that my goal was ever be open because I didn't know you could be. And so it's exciting that there are these very slight new parts of me that are raising their hand and showing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that to me has been pretty cool because I just said, I mean, again, I am stunted emotionally when it comes to relationships. I'm like 200 years old when it comes to uh, situations, work, uh, but I'm a child with relationships. So that to me has been very exciting. Um, you know, the thought of family, we just moved and, you know, it was a kind of, kind of a house that we bought together. And so like all that is what somebody goes through when they're 25 is like happening to me now. So that's, that's fun and exciting and scary. And I think things can be scary and be exciting at the same time because two things can be true. Exactly. Yes, they can. There you go. I love that. We have, uh, just to finish up with you, we have three oldest questions that we like to ask people. If you have a little bit of time to answer, just quick ones. I have all the time to answer. You have all the time. Randy, you go for it. Okay. So, you know, we can't necessarily do anything over, but if you could have one redo, what would your one redo be? That one's pretty easy. Now, probably seven or eight years ago, and this is professional, but I, I was on the air in Dallas. I was doing stand-up, and I was in Dallas to do a show that night. And I was playing some clips from some sounds, smash cut. I played a sound that got me fined a million bucks by the FCC. And so there have only- A million ever, dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there have only ever been a, a couple people that on the air that have gotten fined a million dollars. And they were going to find me like four but luckily we have really great attorneys. Um, I would not do that because I really didn't learn anything from that. A lot of the things that have happened, I would go, yeah, you know, I really learned something great from whatever step back I took. I didn't learn jack from that, except that the FCC don't play. And so I got fined a million bucks and I would not do that because I felt like I made the people that took big risks on me. I made them second guess if they should have taken a big risk on me. And I didn't like how that felt. So I would, I would, change that if I could. That's a good one. I like that. I respect that. What is something that you either struggle with or uh, you know, gave yourself a hard time for? Oh, man. There's, this, there's a lot that's like going, name something pretty. It's like such a... <laughs> um, what do I struggle with? I struggle a lot with self-worth. I struggle a lot with why would anyone want to be my friend unless they're getting something from me, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. Um, that's like the, the, the hardcore stuff that I, I stretch and that helps, you know, when I say stretch, it's all the other stuff that happens with it. Um, what I struggle with that's so surface is probably trying to break 80 and golf. So it's like, it's like both of those, <laughs> like I have those real core fundamental things, but then I just want to just gnaw off my pinky because I can't score 79. So, uh, but I think it's pretty healthy. I got them both. I love that. All right. That's, you know, you've got both. What are you doing to, um, to address those, those first ones? Like your self-worth, is that something that therapy is helping you with? Yeah, it is. And I go one and a half times a week because my wife and I, we go every week and then I go every other week to, uh, my, my own therapist. And so there's, there's a lot of that. And even if it's not purposeful, it ends up getting there. You know, you're always kind of falling back to your core abandonment issues and what comes in. Am I worthy of people staying for me? And, you know, we we kind of walk that. So Mm -hmm. 
that's always where where we land if we really get into the deep stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I'm working on it. It'll never be fixed, but if I can just be a little better, then that's a win. That is a win. That is a win. This is why we ask these questions too, not just to get into all the deep, dark secrets of Bobby or anyone else. It's to normalize it for people. It's to Uh know because people will look at you and they'll go, well, easy for him to say, but knowing that you struggle with the same things that a lot of us struggle with, I think really help equalize the playing field and go, you know what, I'm going to take what he did and do that for myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So thank you for your honesty. Okay. Last question. Oldish is, is not a number. Okay. But, uh, how we define oldish is you get to this place in life where you garner some wisdom and you go, you know what? I've gone through a lot of experiences. I'm seeing, I'm connecting the dots. I'm seeing things a little bit differently. So what is something that you have learned now being oldish? Everything is not, and this is, again, and I've only been doing this for a year or so, but I found little versions of this through my life. But when I'm doing my half meditation, it's kind of like a me time. I always, What I say to myself over and over again is nothing is that important and everything is super important. And what that means to me is nothing that I feel that I value, that I must turn over the earth to get because of a job it's just not as important as I'm, I'm making it out to be because it never has been or somebody being mad. But what is important are the things that I often felt like, ah, that's okay. These little things in life, I can always get back to later. And so like nothing that I really have always freaked out about is really that important. And a lot of the things that I haven't given any sort of priority to are super important. I'm just now learning that how valuable those moments or interactions or investment of time with people like, so I think that's been for me a big game changer in the last couple of weeks, like or last couple of years, making the things that probably are trivial, trivial and mm-hmm. the things that aren't, aren't and, and deciding what's what we only have so much prioritization we can do. Everything can't be number one. So it's also deciding like, what do I want to do? How do I want to do it? I've only got so much capacity for me, for my marriage, for work, for, and how do I want to divvy that up? And so. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what my best oldest trait is. I think that's it. a good one. That's a yeah, really a good, good one. one. Bobby, dude, it's been so good to speak to you. It's been entirely too long. Uh, it's honestly been years since we had a long conversation. They've always What's been weird about ones. social media? I know everybody hates social media or they say they do. Like, I agree. Because when I saw you and Brian, I was like, oh, my God. But it didn't feel like I was that separated because I watch everything you do. Yeah, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm all caught and, up anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. It wasn't like you hadn't seen a cousin in seven years at a family reunion. It was like, I've been watching you like a creepo for years. I know everything going on. <laughs> it's great to see you in human form. Yeah, so, it's great to see you in human form. As, as much as that is, like... I know, I know. I mean, I feel like I know a lot of a lot of great stuff, and I'm super proud of you. And Thank it's you. been awesome to see. And you know, I, you can definitely. I say I. I can definitely see just a, a different version of you, like like Sharna 3.0. Yeah. Um, and Sharna 3.0 is also flawed and awesome and yeah. learning. And but it is so cool to see, and I'm so happy for you. And I feel like I'm going through the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, and we, and just for the record, everybody, we never hooked up. We did not. Thank you. No, never. 
No, we did not. No. Do people still think we did? Absolutely. I get asked all the time, like, because <laughs> someone will say something about somebody was talking about D Derek. Oh, Derek. Yeah, 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 yeah. She said she wished she had an affair with him. So I'll get asked in a random interview, be honest, did you and your partner? No, we were super close, but we never, never hooked up. Who would want to hook up with me anyway? People seem to think it's a romantic situation. There is zero romance in the space of like tr someone being a drill sergeant and us yep. just trying to figure it out. Like there is no sexiness in that. <laughs> At first it's novel. You're like, wow, I'm really supposed to be close to this human all the time. And you're like, oh, yeah, like boy. touching her here. And yeah. There. But about the third time you fart, you're like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> This is just it. Well, someone ate a tuna sandwich for yes, lunch. Yes, God. So really, really great to spend time with you guys. Congratulations you on the too. podcast. Thank um, you. And and Randy, you just you you're really a great element to this. Like Sharna is so good naturally; she just has the instinct to do it. But you you provide a whole different element to this podcast that that really completes it. So I'm really proud for you guys. Thank, Thank you, Bobby. Bobby. I appreciate it. It was so good to sit down with you for a little bit. I'll be following along. So yeah, whenever the exciting news <laughs> happens, if or when, I'll be excited to cheer you on. Yeah, I appreciate that. I hope you guys have an awesome day. Talk to you soon. Yeah, Thanks. Bye, you Bobby. All right. Mwah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bobby Bones. Bobby Bones. An amazing human, right? <laughs> so I, I learned so much from what he said about handling different situations. Mm-hmm. I love doing this, Sharna, just for the people that we get to sit down with. And, you know, it's rare where we're, we are on social media a lot, or there's these little tidbits of people's lives, but getting to sit with someone for about an hour or so and really just have a conversation is just so gratifying. Mm -hmm. It really you know? is. It was, it was nice to sit and talk with him like that. And, and first of all, ask him deeper questions than we even got to get into on the show, but also be reminded of things about him. Like, wow, that's, yeah, that's Bobby Bones. That's an amazing human right there that I got to spend so much time with. And it was a huge influence on me for a long time, even with hosting, getting into judging with Dancing with the Stars. He had been a bit of a mentor there for me for a while. He obviously is so great at what he does. Um, and he's a very, very busy man. So I'm really grateful that he gave us his time today. Yes. I know there's going to be a lot of questions, I'm sure, in the Q&A, sure. some really great ones, especially yeah. around boundaries and relationships. Mm -hmm. There's going to be uh, some good ones there. So we are excited to be with you uh, in a couple days for the Q&A episode. Please remember to bring your questions or you could DM us at the Oldish Pod or the hotline. We need Brian to say the number. What is it? 855-OLDISH. 855-OLDISH-3. Three. three. There right? it is. <laughs> we'll see you next time, everyone. Thank you, everybody, for joining. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, you guys are amazing. Make sure you guys go and follow us on Instagram at, at oldishpod. And you can also go and leave us a message at our own hotline, which is 855-OLDISH-3. Make sure and write us a review. Leave us five stars if you loved it. Leave us five stars if you didn't. We it love helps. five stars. We love five stars. Yeah, we like five stars. Time. Yeah. See you all next right. week. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week, everyone. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.